0: Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week, in preparation for Sabbath, October 14th, we look at lesson two, God's Mission to Us, part two. Together, let's break down the Great Commission and how it actually applies to the church
1: and to us as disciples today. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at the Adventist Learning Community. Together, we love learning and have 18 years of pastoral experience. And now we have the privilege to dig deeper into the study. All right, Michael, here we are.
0: uh, Lesson two of of this fourth quarter, I should say. God's mission to us, part two. And our memory text is coming from Matthew 28, verse 19. We talked a little bit about this last week, but we're going to talk about it at length this week. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
1: Yeah, so this is this is it. This is Adventist Mission, the Gospel Commission, in a nutshell. It's the heart of the gospel. It's the heart of our mission, God's mission to us. Yes, and with that heart
0: mission, with that highlight of that, Michael, tell us about the triune God, the origin of mission.
1: Well, you know, this is part of our basic core theologies, we believe in the Trinity, you know, as, as a church, we, we actually always have, we haven't always liked the term Trinity, but we've always believed in the father, son, Holy spirit, and all three being divine persons and, and, and so on. And, and and it's a huge part of our theology. If you look at throughout church history, it's a huge part of our, our theology of what makes us, what makes us Christians as opposed to, you know, other world religions, we could go down that pathway, but, and, and, Christianity at its core is about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit working together with a common purpose. And that is the restoration of humanity. And if you think about it, you know, the the Trinity, three divine persons, I mean, the selfless nature of God and the constant love of God means that there always has to be an object of affection. But it's not some kind of reciprocal that I give you something, you know, quid pro quo, I give you something, you get something back in return. But but it's always the expressing itself and so the father son and the holy spirit they are all divine and yet they all work together and share that comment and part of it's a mystery we don't fully understand but we do understand some parts of it and that's where we see the yes. love of god we see the the character of the triune god you know the three persons working together and you know you see this in a lot of different ways that people carry this out and of other marriage you know a husband a wife and and yet god to make a triune to to really make a, a a biblical understanding of marriage well the same thing's true when it comes to mission itself that we find here at the core of of all of this is the work and role of god in john chapter 20 verses 21 and 22 i well the lesson's asking this question how does this passage how should this Understanding that mission finds its origin, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit shape our mission well let's read this passage I'm reading from the NIV again Jesus said, "Peace be with you as the Father has sent me, I am sending you and with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit so powerful passage and and again that the triune God working tirelessly together for the salvation of humanity, so just like a marriage, you know we are part of that same sort of mission that God has. God bestows his Holy Spirit on us, and we further and continue the mission that God has already started. And so it's that triune understanding, that Trinitarian understanding that is foundational to our theology, and it's foundational to our understanding of what mission is all about and continues to be all about, because it's not a one-time thing. Until Jesus comes again, we're still involved in that mission. Till the end of sin, the restoration of the kingdom of God fully. We're in, we're, we're on a mission for God's mission. Yes, we are. <laughs> so, which brings us to discipleship and Buster. I know this is one of your passions yes. is discipleship. So it's like only apropos that you lead us down this path.
0: Yeah. So making disciples the focus of mission. And I, I actually really love this question. It says, what elements of discipleship? Can you identify in this passage? And that passage is Matthew twenty-eight sixteen through 20, which is so important to read the beginning of that. The 11 disciples went to Galilee. Of course, Judas was not there. To the mountain where Jesus t- told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And there's there's doubt over what that doubt is. By the way, and a lot of commentaries did a lot of done a lot of research on that. Some are saying they're doubting he's real. Some are saying they're doubting the purpose. They're doubting his resurrection. They're doubting so many different things. And that's the thing. We don't have to understand what they're doubting because we understand on a human level doubt, and we all have it. We all face it. But that's what faith is. Faith mm-hmm. is allowing uh, our belief to overcome our doubt even in the midst of circumstances. Uh, And so it goes on. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit and teaching them to observe or to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the end of the, to the very end of the age. And, with that being said, Michael, we see some elements there, but one of the ones that I just really want to highlight is something that our North American division has actually chosen to highlight. I have one of the sweaters that's there in my closet, multiply, all right? This this was not supposed to be changed by addition. I weren't supposed to go out there and just say, hey, yeah, go out, go out there and just add one, each one, reach one. No, this was each one multiply yourself to multiply themselves, which is an exponential exponential growth of disciples that came about as a result of each disciple making more disciples. So you're not making more converts. You're not making more members. You're making more disciples that are making more disciples. And I think of, it's going to sound weird, but bacterial growth. Bacteria okay. doesn't duplicate uh, just one by one. No, they split off into two. And then they, those two split off into four. And then Exponentially, they split off. Well, we are a living organism, and so the same thing is supposed to be taking place. But that takes place when we decide to go, and that's the that's the first thing we have to do. Lord, I will peru peru am I? I will actually go. I will actually journey with you, and then I'll look for more people to make disciples of, and then I will go ahead and baptize them. Right? I I think that's one of the things we mix up too, Michael, and it's. Is actually hurting our church, which is, I believe, hundred percent in our fundamental beliefs. Yeah, but they were never supposed to be intended as a list, as a as a as a test, if you will, if someone is able to follow Christ.
1: Okay, and are you so, talking about like baptism and church membership getting conflated yes. together? Okay, yes,
0: that's exactly what I'm talking about. Because a lot of people believe that baptism is a graduation but no baptism is the initiation and the graduation doesn't come until Christ comes to the Clause of glory
1: uh, kind of starting them on the pathway
0: exactly we're, we're 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 launching them out but the way that we set up baptism now uh, and i've i've been very careful how i do this i usually go over the fundamental beliefs with someone but i say you have the rest of your life to continue to find out more of what god has in store for you let's find out how to restore and find your relationship with jesus christ and there he will launch you out and so we see all these elements coming together of once again discipleship and not just membership If we could Mm. focus in on that we'll see some amazing things of us once again being on god's mission and not us trying to get god to be on ours and so michael before i take up any more time tell us about the eternal gospel the message of mission once again very central to the Adventist church?
1: Well, you know, some things don't change, Buster. And one of those things that doesn't change is our mission. But maybe the application and context of that mission will look a little bit different. And this is where we have our specific mission task for us as part of the three angels or the three angels messages, as we like to say in a Seventh-day Adventist context. um, And I love how, you know, you you mentioned, you know, we, we need to be careful that church membership and baptism—I I think you're spot on, Buster. Are they're not one and the same, and uh, although they often happen at the same time, but yes. but it's not exactly, you know, if you have someone that just gives their heart to Christ, they want to be baptized. How how can we say no to that if they truly love, know and love Jesus, and and maybe uh, it should behoove us to maybe take a little bit more time and disciple them, have a discipleship class, and then then bring them into the church. But Michael, but, I, I have to jump in here. If you look yeah. at the early church in Acts chapter 2, uh,
0: Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, goes out and preaches. And in one That's day, 3,000 people does. are baptized. It wasn't 28 days later or six months later. They were baptized on that day. And then we continue reading. It says, and they continue steadfastly. I think it's verse 42 in the apostles' doctrine. So the apostles yeah. continue to teach them. But membership was not based on, you know, right? So so we see that correlation, once again, biblically speaking. So please continue, Michael.
1: Yeah. Oh, by the way, you you made me think of something else. I got to go down this rabbit trail just a little bit. And that is the whole idea of each one reach one, you know, this idea of discipleship. I was reading Sylvester Bliss, his Memoirs of William Miller, which has a lot of his letters and diary and things like that. And one of the things that struck me, William Miller, he was the one who I uh, was, was writing and challenging other Millerites saying, if, if everyone could just reach one other person with the good news about Jesus coming, you know, wow. how, how rapidly the Adventist message. And so some of these ideas are, are in our DNA as Adventists, going back to the beginning of the discipleship and, and some of the things you talk about with baptism. You know, this is, this is right into our core fabric of, of our Adventist DNA. So, I I love this. Well, I better get into the three angels' messages. That's another part of our DNA, right? That was awesome, though. I'm glad you shared that. (laughs) Yeah. So, I I knew you'd love that. And uh, the three angels' messages, and it says, I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. And said in a loud voice, Dear God, give glory to him because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and springs of water. And so this is essential back to the gospel uh, commission. Here we have it commissioned for us again because it is the eternal gospel. It doesn't change. In fact, the message of salvation at the end of time, it has a, a new emphasis, a new earnestness, you know, that, hey, things are reaching their great and final climax so but it's still the same gospel because it's the everlasting gospel it's the message of how god saves human beings it's the gospel of wanting to restore human beings in right relationship to him and you know we have this described for us to every nation tribe language and people we have that phraseology in different places but it would only be over time that our pioneers would realize and say hey you know and in fact at first they're like well there's missionaries and people have gone to other parts of the world and yeah. translated the bible and they realize, well yeah, that's true. That's true. But we still, our work isn't done. And so as Adventists, of course, we're very good with numbers. So we like to quantify this. How many nations do we actually have an Adventist presence? And actually we're doing pretty good. Most of the nations of the world have some kind of, maybe not a huge presence, but some kind of presence. You we know, have general conference session. We celebrate all the countries, you know? And, right. and then then we start looking and saying, well, we're doing pretty good on the, the nation thing, but what about the tribes and languages and people groups? And then suddenly we're like, oh my we We just focused on that we've got a lot of work still yet to do, and so uh whatever we want to quantify it, it should wake us up to the reality that we have a responsibility. We've got more work to do. There are a lot of people who have not heard the name of jesus and it's and true. whether that's far away places or you know in a world that's becoming increasingly secular right that that right. doesn't acknowledge some you know the 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 notion of a of a god, even you know. We we have a, a a challenge as well as an invitation to continue proclaiming with earnestness and with every fiber of our being. And I love this. Fear God and give glory to him. And, and, and I know we've talked about this before, Buster, but fearing God isn't meaning, you know, having to run away and hide because you're scared of him, right? right. Like it's it's showing respect, you know. So, you know, God and his majesty and his awesomeness. So Acknowledge that, fear God. That's what it's talking about. Give glory to Him. Yes, because uh, the hour of His judgment has come. And by the way, it's His judgment, not ours. <laughs> Isn't that good Let's, news? That that should yeah. be good news right there. Say it, say it louder for the for the gatekeepers in the back. <laughs> yeah. So His judgment, yes. and then and then when you realize how good God is, what other response is there than to worship Him, fall at His feet, just, just, wow, and 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 just say, God, thank you, and and here we have at the end the heavens and the earth the sea and the springs of water god's creation itself and valuing acknowledging the beauty of god's creation and one final plug i just want to put here right in the heart of the three angels messages is if we value the sabbath we value god's creation we should care deeply about the environment that is in the world around us because that's part of our Adventist message both from creation as well as in the dna of the three angels messages too so Just a little thought that I I hope that as our listeners are are thinking about this is that part of our Adventist identity is is creation care that we need to to think uh, carefully about, which means that we have this not only this message of mission, but we are to become channels of that mission.
0: Yeah. So Wednesday's Michael lesson, Wednesday's lesson, Michael, I should say, God's people, the channels of mission. And I think if the audience doesn't hear anything else, hear this: God called physical Israel just as He called spiritual Israel, not for translation, as both segments thought or believe. Every denomination thinks that they're the they're the true ones that are going to be all ready when Christ comes back. But He called He calls His people for purpose, for 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 mission, and we the quicker we realize that, grab a hold of it the quicker we can actually be in God's will and not against it. Because whenever we have uh, pride and put ourselves up on a pedestal and think that we're better because uh, God has given us special messages, because God has has called us, he hasn't called us just to save us. He has called us to actually help save the world with that purpose and with that mission. And we see that here in Genesis 12, uh, verses one through three. I, this is God speaking to Abram. The Lord God uh, said to Abram, "Go go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, what's amazing about that, Michael, if I hear that, my head's getting big as I don't know what, and I'm like, hey, God speaks to me. He doesn't speak to you. But later on here, I think it's Genesis 18 when God shares with them directly, hey, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah instead of saying, yeah, God, we're going to do that. Destroy those people. They don't deserve you. He says, no. He starts interceding on their behalf and says, Father, uh, if you could just find 50 righteous, would you destroy the city? How about 45? And you see man's attempt to negotiate. But you see Abraham's heart at that time. Abraham's heart was to save God's people. That we're not yet his people yet. And I think it should be the same with us, especially in the church, that instead of condemning the world, and I know the world has become more secularized, more polarized, more vicious and violent and everything else. But if God hasn't given up on the world, why should we? Uh, so we should have this heart for the nations, going out and ma- making sure we're, we're making more disciples of all the nations, as many people as possible. Number which no man can number if we go to Revelation 7 and Revelation 14. So so with that being said, we see here that God's, God's people are the channel of his mission, but that means that God's people have to have a heart for mission, a heart to want to see people saved. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6, New International Version, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. Continue on verses 11 and 12 of chapter seven. Therefore, take care to follow the commands, decrees and laws that I give you today. If you pay attention to these laws and and are careful to follow them, then the Lord your God will keep his covenant of love with you as he swore to your ancestors. And the problem is mankind has always said, ah, no thanks God, we got this. You chose us, but we're gonna do our own thing. We're gonna do our own way. And the sooner we learn to submit to the will of God, to submit to the mission of God, the quicker we can actually fulfill the mission that God has. But it's us submitting to his will, not getting him to submit to us. Mm -hmm. And that being said, Michael, tell us about
1: the world, the arena of mission. The world, the arena of mission. And here we have described for us Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. Well, first it asks the question, what does this text suggest? About the far reaching geographical scope of God's mission. And here we have described for us John the Revelator. And after I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. Well, here the point being is that here is this multitude that's in heaven, and they're not of one ethnicity, they're not of one socioeconomic status. They're not of one anything. It's 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 diversity in all of its uh, sublimity here. That that beautiful aspect of humanity and all of its many different varieties and forms. And and you know, I'm reminded of Ellen White. She says that we can learn something from every different nation of the earth, every different people group of the earth. And I mm-hmm. I think we see this here because uh, God created us uh, to have all of these different backgrounds that make us who we are yes and god is going to take the beauty of that and its fullness that helps reveal god's creation how he created humanity to to be in that that wonderful diversity we see a little bit of a snippet of of who god is first of all and secondly we also it should humble us to say okay I I need to make sure that I'm reaching out to all of those different every nation, tribe, people and language that that there is no preferential treatment depending on and where you come from. No one has preferential treatment because everyone is the same before God. And so um, that's the arena. That's what's going on here. It's described for us. I think this is beautiful. It should humble us and say, Lord, help me to reach out of my comfort zones, to look beyond and and find other people that I may engage and interact with and to do so in a way that we winsome to the kingdom of heaven. Yes. So, whatever that might look like. I don't know what that might look like. You know, it's going to look different for every single person, obviously. All right. But let's reach and get out of our comfort zone. and And I think that's what the whole thing about mission is, is all about is is making sure that we're aware uh that god calls us for just such a time as this and to to reach out and and i i think this is difficult because we like it's our human nature to get in our in our own in our comfort zone i remember pastoring a church one time and and i was trying to get my church to to kind of wake up to the sense of mission all around them because people were commuting in from farther and farther the people that are immediately around where the church was There was a disconnect and i remember i remember taking a video camera climbing to the top of the church and just trying to change people's perspective here's all these homes here's all these people that are literally around us knocking on the doors hey i'm the pastor here i just want to let you know and they're like i didn't even know there was a church there i guess we never really paid attention there we were across the street from them you know how can how can we literally be across the street from people and then for not to even know have any contact and so God wants us to initiate contact. Let's find out who those people are within our sphere of influence and, and, and try to make those relationships, those connections, obviously in an authentic and genuine kind of way, but, but God calls us to do that. And that means reaching out, crossing boundaries, working in cross-cultural kinds of ways. And that is a challenge that each of us need to continue, continually be thinking about and. And in our hearts, in our prayer lives, saying, God, please, you know, when you're nudging me, help me to, you know, be aware of your spirit's leading. How, how are, are you leading in a way that I can, you know, break down those prejudices and barriers and build meaningful friendships and relationships? And, and that's where discipleship happens is, is in those yes. connections.
0: You know, you know, Michael, as you're, you're sharing that, there's so much. I think it was, it was Kidder in his book, The Big Four. They said, I mean, uh, "Yeah, he's like, if if your church disappeared to to tomorrow or today, would the community even really notice?" He says, "They'd notice if the Walmart disappeared. But would, would they notice if?" And I I think he personally went out to the Walmart, similar to you, and said, "Hey, do you know where the Seventh Day Adventist Church was?" And he's like, "No one knew." Yeah. And then within five years, of sharing that with his church, everyone knew where the where the church was uh, because they had become ingratiated in the community. And that's that's the call. It's not a us versus them. It's a us serving them. It's a mm-hmm. us once again meeting needs exactly, beckoning them to follow Christ. But you can't do that if you only know Adventist.
1: True. There you, you can't. go.
0: And so reach out outside of the church in order to bring others in, but not even to just bring them in to serve others. That's what Ooh. Christ Christ did. Selfless
1: acts of service. Exactly. I love it. Well, this is another week of Sabbath School Lesson, the Sabbath School Rescue podcast, as we're delving into mission, God's mission for us. And I'm excited because we're just continuing to be challenged. So join us each week as we're going to be diving in through the Sabbath School Lesson. Until next week, this is your host, Sue. And Swoops. Signing in. As we wrap up, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Adventist Learning Community, a ministry of the North American Division of Seventh-day Adventists. You
0: can join us each week by subscribing on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Also, make sure you share with as many people as possible and be sure to give us feedback by rating our podcast and go to our website, SabbathSchoolRescue.org for each weekly episode.